Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pickett with the out pattern. Pulled in first down inside the 10. And no, it goes in and out of the hands of Deontay Johnson. It looked like he had the catch initially, but uh, Taron Johnson was defending on the play. And all of a sudden we had an incomplete pass. Oh, yeah. Those were the problems going on with the Buff Bills up in Highmark Stadium last Sunday. And, Max, I got to tell you something, just kind of like perusing it. You know how you kind of get inside your gourd and you start to game plan a little because this now is Thursday. The game is starting to get front and center in your gourd, right? So you're thinking about it, and one of the things you're thinking about is the fact that the Steelers – went into Highmark, and they actually had drives. They had drives and didn't have just have three and outs. They went, and they had six drives inside the 30-yard line, but they only got three points to show for it in one of those plays. We just heard when Deontay Johnson had the ball punched out of his grasp by Taron Johnson on really a rather remarkable play by Taron Johnson, but also because, you know, Deontay's got to know you got to catch the tuck, right? I mean – one of the simplest, but tough to remember when uh, you're under duress. You got to catch that ball, but you immediately got to go to tuck it away. Well, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the first step in catching a ball is catching the ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you, wait, you wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 Hold go on. over that slow slow it down a little. Okay, we got to make sure we got okay. that. I want to make sure that if you're going to. Receive a pass. Let's just say that. Receiving a pass means you must first catch, pull, grasp, grab, hold on to a ball. Yes. Thank you. Rule number one. Rule number one. And then rule number two is, of course, do it in bounds. <laughs> that always helps too, right? That also helps. That also yes. helps. You Usually, yeah. Unless you're playing 500, you know, where your one buddy's just throwing it up and right. wherever you catch it and the point value's there. I mean, that, that's a di- but that's a whole different game, game in a game. Well, then right we get there. to Red Rover, Red Rover, send so-and-so over, that sort of thing. So forget about it. We're going we're gonna to wallow yeah. around in, in games we played as kids. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so let's put it this way. All right, finishing drives to me is front and center 
one of the jobs, job one, if you will, at hand this week, being able to convert those drives. Last week, Kenny got in there. He moved the club. You know, he moved from 20s to 20s. Uh, the problem became in the red zone when the windows get a little smaller, when the real estate gets a little bit confined, you know, it, it, it takes some extra different ciphering and figuring out to get that ball punched into the end zone. Well, I mean, you, you know, when you look at it one weekend and, and seeing what the Buffalo game, the challenges it presented, uh, yeah, I mean, I think some of the shorter routes and some of the things it's, it comes down to converting on those third downs to get down to those red zone areas. Bingo. So you can then I'm telling shoot. you what, you should be worried. Yeah. You're starting to think like me. Oh my heavens. I, 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 I fear for you, my, <laughs> my buddy. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, no fear, all grace. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. There you yeah. go. All grace. Thank you, God. Yes. <laughs> but I think, but I think, I think, I think the good thing is, is that they can move, but now you have to now, you know, once the field gets shorter, right, the windows get tighter. Yes. Because the closer you get to that back line, you can deal with sidelines. Yes. But it's that back line that always gets people. That's the 12th defender that's everywhere, you know, right. depth wise. Right. Like you actually have a stopping point. And that's when defenses get bolder. And so what you have to do is you have to try and make sure that those quick hitting routes, you're decisively quick. Uh, out of the breaks, hitting a guy real, really fast. But also, you know, our offensive line <clears throat> and running game have to also make it tougher for defenses to make that decision. Are they going to drop out or are they going to actually, you know, drop down to create that window, meaning they're fearing the run. Right. And so they're like, I want to be closer to the line of scrimmage in this situation. That's when you kind of pop them over the top um, with, with, with the pass. But if they're all sitting back soft, like I dare you to throw in between me and the <clears throat> corner or being the linebacker, well, then, then that makes it tougher. So it's a combination of marrying the run game with that passing game so that you stay two-dimensional down there. You don't get too predictable and you can surprise some people. The good thing is we haven't had as many red zone opportunities, so teams can't really game plan our red zone game yet. <laughs> That's not quite how you want it to go. <laughs> Listen, but... I, I'm trying to look for silver lining, Wolf. Okay, okay, it's a positive. It's a positive within a negative. Okay, it's a positive Thursday. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yes, we're we're gonna crack the nut of, of 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 positivity today. All right. So I like what you're saying. Okay, the quick slants, the quick routes. You've got to do that. One of the things you do. There's there's two ways to get big down there. Number one is when you win inside position, being able to present your numbers to the quarterback to give him a good target, right? The other way to get big down there is to get big. And there is the possibility you can get big. I mean, number one, you got the 612, right? You got Zach Gentry. When the windows get smaller and real estate cramps you a little bit, the only real estate that you can add on is upstairs. You know, a 6'8 guy becomes more of a target Quite possibly. I'm just saying, these are the possibilities that exist out there. You know, the other thing is you got to chase Claypool at 6'4". You got a 6'4", Miles Boykin, right? I mean, these are guys that can 
get size, that can get big and facing the quarterback, give them a target, and also get big as far as getting the upper upper echelon, upper register of the of the end zone. We've got four different guys we can deploy that are six four or better. Four of them. Right. Well, technically, technically, if Fryer moves is healthy, then that's four. Oh, yeah. But if not, it's, it's three. Right. So, <laughs> Simple sorry, math. Sorry Even I got that Simple. one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and, that, and that's what you do. I mean, just look what Kansas City did um, in the game on Monday night against Las Vegas, right? Travis Kelsey accounted for all four of their red zone touchdowns. Right. And they were all short. He, I think he had, what, four catches? For 25 yards. Yeah, 26, and four I think it was. Or 26 yards and four touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> That's the whole point. That's all red zone. That's all 10 yards and in. And what is Travis Kelsey? A tall target. So I think if we could get down there, like that's that's something that can be utilized. Like guys just forgetting. I'm like, I don't know how you forget that Travis Kelsey's on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um that's one of the things. I mean, he was he was wide open on, I would say, three of those four targets. And we I think Zach Gentry, I think Pat Fryermuth, Boykin, Claypool, all of them have an opportunity to where they can they, they can present similar things and make it easy for your quarterback. But I think the biggest thing is just being quarterback friendly. Make sure you expose the numbers. Yes. Run the rep. Don't run the route to a T. Run the route to get open and make yourself accessible for your quarterback. Well, that's exactly the point, and you're making a really good point when you consider the fact that, um, you know, they talk about receivers not running quarterback-friendly routes, meaning if they're getting vertical and they're allowing the ability of the defender to close the window as they're going vertical, you've got to, like, go across the field. I believe Romo was talking about it on Sunday. And going mm-hmm. across the field because then you create that separation from the quarterback's purview. You know, the quarterback takes a look over there and he sees, oh, you know, the guy's still going vertical, and then you got a problem. And it's kind of like what happened with Deontay in the, in the interception that Kenny had because you had Kyrie Elam was able to stay underneath and keep closing with him as he went vertical because you got a safety over the top. But if you're able to go across in a crossing fashion, now you're creating that separation. There are other, you know, dangers that they're going to have to – Kenny's going to have to be aware of, obviously. But the fact is running wide receiver-friendly routes is going to be part of it. Part of it is getting big. Like I said, you could have a big – as you pointed out, you could have a big foursome of, of wide receivers down there. And at any time, of course, number one is you'd like to be able to just run the ball in, you know, just bang it away and put it in. But if you can't, you know, there are other ways of going about it and just kind of going over my list of things. You know, the jumbo, uh, going with the jumbo tight end, that's another thing I think can, can jumpstart this offense quite possibly. But you got the 6-12s and you got the tall wide receiver uh, grouping. That, that could be a possibility for this weekend. No, I think it could be. And why wouldn't you explore it? Because, like you said, this this is a this is a rock turning over Thursday, Wolf. Yeah, know? well, we were rock turning yesterday. We're going to do it again today. Exactly. And and I think you know having that jumbo tight end. You know, the question I think will be, who do we deploy at that? Is that a Jesse Davis um, type of situation, or is that a JC Hassan? I mean, you know, who who's going to be that jumbo guy? Right. But I mean, why not? Why not line up in that situation where it's a jumbo 12? 
especially especially if you don't have a prior move available. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it because I think you know Connor Hayward is a great H back F fullback type in those situations. But if you're going short yards, you're going goal line area. I think it's going to be even more imperative to get a bigger body in there to work those drills. Because let's face it, they're working ways as an offensive lineman. You know, they're having run the phone in and look when you're over an individual period. So I exploring that and trying to see what we can do, especially when you're talking about on the edge stuff. Um, any type of inside zone stuff where you have a tight end, strong side. Um, there's a lot of different ways you, you can utilize that. Now, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe some of them got hands. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have, haven't seen haven't seen it. Haven't seen anybody go out, you know, on a, on a pass route yet. But you have to explore these options, and you have to start creating different looks just to confuse the defense. Because even if it's just to throw them off, if you're not even sold on putting this into your offense, at least throw teams off to where now they have to take time away and game plan for it mid-game. Right, those sideline adjustments, you know, everybody's scrambling to get a tablet and you're trying to, okay, go through the play. What, what, how do they line that? Oh my God, why are they lining up? I, I've never seen this before. Just to get that aspect of it, sometimes it's a smoke and mirrors in a good way that just confuses a team. Now, whether you have success, you know, obviously do it again, but, you know, just for the sake of doing that to change things up, I, I, I'm all for it. I really believe that, you know, at this point in time, when you saw how the offense was. Uh, it really rolled pretty well until you got to the red zone, and that's where Kenny's got to pick it up, and Kenny's got the, the main emphasis there. But you, it wasn't Kenny that got the ball punched out of his hands by Taron Johnson. You know, it wasn't – Yeah. you know, it, it, those those sorts of things, that's – you know, it is it, it is what it is. You've got to work and, and make sure those deficiencies don't happen anymore. Like I was talking about, you know, uh, you – uh, we we saw a wide receiver some years ago, a guy named Antonio Brown. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, right? You watch him on wow, the jugs. Wow, okay. I thought it was Anthony Brown. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. could could be. Um, Antoine Brown. <laughs> you know what he would do? He would sit there and he would catch that ball, and over and over, I watch him, strong hands to catch, and then he'd go to tuck, catch to tuck, and he'd repeat that over and over and over, multiple times during the day multiple times after practice almost like it was almost like daniel son and the karate kid you know with mr miyagi wax on wax off you know and, oh that's right but daniel he, son. yeah daniel son and he was but he would do that over and over and i think that's so important it's an obvious lesson in how you repetitively you know work on a technique and skill and bring that to something where your nervous system recognizes the moment you catch you tuck you know, just like you'd block yeah. and punch in karate, right? The same thing. You yeah. catch and you tuck as a wide receiver. And and certainly, you know, that's just an example of what we were talking the other day about how each person can own what they're their what they've put on tape and how do you go about increasing your skill at it. That's that's an example from what we were talking about the other day. Well, and I and I think you know it, it's it, it's at the end of the day it's muscle memory, right, Wolf? Sure. It's, it's doing things so many times that they just become habit. That one begets the other. That one is the next chain in the line of events of thinking, and it's react. And it's not even reactionary. 
It's just simply, you know, going into autopilot. Like one does not exist without the other. I catch ball, I tuck it, right? Or if I, if I set, I, I kick my left leg. If I'm a left tackle, then I bring my right. I slide my right. Exactly. Like you just, it's just an unconscious movement. Or if I'm a D lineman, you know, it's, it's step and shoot, right? Shoot the arms, get right. full extension. Like you just have to do these things and there's a repetitive nature. And that, you know, for AB, that, that, that was just his process, right? I mean, this kid was literally, you know, going, I mean, would do it just for an hour straight after practice, not to mention all the running and stuff that he would do pre-practice. And it just became habit to where he was just automatic with everything. It's just, it wasn't, it was, you know, just like with a boxer, right? You know, yep. like a boxer that, that, that has thrown, you know, so many different punches and it's just, it's like, it's like, you know, when they get on that speed bag, they don't even have to look at the speed bag because they already know what the reaction is. They know how it's going to move. Sure. You could change the direction of it. You could change your tempo and speed, the rhythm. Like, that's just how it is. So, I mean, it just, it takes reps. And for our guys, you know, you just have to continually do it. I mean, that it, to make things a habit, you, you know, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. All right, Max, I think we need to hit the break because we got the cool breeze coming up next and we don't want to miss him. Well, let's not do that. Let's allow that cool breeze to blow on in here. (laughs) So we're going to step aside here in the locker room with Wolf and Stark so we can get ready for Jerry Dulac here on SNR and ESPN Radio. Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio, presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, it is that time. Jerry Dulac was brought to us by Arcees. Of course, get the Bud Light drafts there for every game day. And uh, Jerry, how are we today? Well, you know, Max, it's a little chilly here. It's a little gray. It's a little damp. It's not as uh, bright and sunny and warm and probably festive as it is in Arizona, which I trust that's where you are. But, uh, you know, otherwise, all good. You know, it's yeah. it's interesting, Max. I'm listening to the walk-in music for Jerry because he's the only one that's got it, right? And I'm listening mm-hmm. to it, and I'm, I'm like, in my mind, I'm doing the cha-cha. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. A little cha-cha there action. That'll pick you up. Yeah, That'll yeah, get you, you know, going. I'm, 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 I'm like in my mind. I'm down in Nassau in the Bahamas. You know, little, little cha-cha action, that sort of thing. I'm with the missus, and we're just having a great night. And then I got to come back to. Oh yeah, we're we're still in Pittsburgh, and okay, all right, we're good. Jerry, there's been so much uh, going on, and it seems like uh, weekly uh, there's been a lot of heat directed towards Matt Canada and so forth. And there certainly has been no change about. And they're full steam ahead. 
What say you as far as how the this offense is going to start to break uh, one way or another here? You know, Wolf, I was worried about what adjective or noun you were going to use when you said there's so much and you stopped. Yeah, I was a little concerned, uh, you know, if the FCC was going to step in on you there for a minute. We're family friendly, uh, brother. You know? That's right. I, and I, I know better. I trust you implicitly. Um, <laughs> you know, when you look at what's gone on, uh, you know, it's certainly no revelation on my part to say that the offense is not very good. Uh, I found it a little curious that, you know, Kenny Pickett, I thought, did a nice job the other day. Up mm-hmm. and down the field, only three three and outs, which for them is pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I thought he looked comfortable. Yeah, I thought he looked in control of the offense. Okay, maybe a lot of one reads. Uh, but, um, you know, did okay. Stayed away from a lot, you know, bad throws or costly turnovers. He had the one. Um but, you know, that, there weren't a ton of rookie mistakes. And yet, through all that, only three points. And, mm-hmm. okay, I know you missed two field goals. I didn't agree with trying either one. One was into a stiff win, which you already saw one get blocked basically because of that. The guy tried to flatten not to kick and drive it through the wind, and it was blocked. It was, it was uh, as, uh, you know, highly predictable. And, and um, so, you know, the, the bottom line is they're, they're not producing the points. And they haven't been. And, 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 you know, I went back and looked at this. And, and I'm going to write something more, uh, more uh, in depth about it tomorrow. You know, since that 16-16 tie with Detroit, the Steelers have used four different quarterbacks. Now, we always hear about, well, when Matt Canada gets his quarterback, a mobile quarterback, he can run his offense. Well, he's had he's used four different starting quarterbacks or had four different starting quarterbacks since that 16-16 time. In those 14 games, the Steelers are averaging 18.5 points, and that's also including the 27 points Ben Roethlisberger produced in the fourth quarter in L.A. and the 21 points he produced in the fourth quarter in Minnesota. So, if you look at 54 of the 56 quarters in those 15 games, the Steelers have averaged 15.6 points in that stretch, which is the lowest, the fewest in the NFL. And it's right in line with what they're averaging now after five games, which I think is 50. It's even lower is 15.4. So no matter how you slice it and what you look at and, and who the quarterback is, the bottom line is they don't produce points and you just wonder how long that is going to be tolerated. Man, okay. That, that is a lot to digest there. Uh, yeah, I, Max, Max, I thought you might absorb. like that for breakfast. I thought I'd give it to you, yeah. you know, along with the ham and eggs. And a little yeah, frittata. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, frittata. Exactly. That's right. I forgot. You're in Arizona. A little frittata. Yeah, well, no, it, it's a fricassee right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got, yeah, yeah, some ro- there's roasted stats along with the potatoes. Um, but uh, but I think, you know, when you look at that, I mean, it, isn't that something that if you're, if you're in a position to where you can affect, I mean, are you saying, hey, hey, coach, we got it. We got to turn this around. What, what can we do? Um, or if you're a player, you're looking at it, you're like, that's our ceiling. Is that is that really our ceiling? I mean, I need to go out and change that. I mean, it is it is tough to think about that. But like you said, I mean, 
been having those kind of moments last year that your back's against the wall, he, he, he kind of goes AWOL. What do you do in those situations if you're an offense and you're trying to get it to click? I mean, is this something you think can be turned around if guys are fully bought in? Because obviously this year is a little bit different with the amount of youth and the change of guys. Is that something that you can do in effect? Well, you know, Max, that's a good point. And when you say, you know, you mentioned it from a player's point of view, um, I, I'm with you. And that's where I think, you know, you got you have to wonder um, – you know, where the confidence level is. I mean, the players aren't stupid. They see this. And, and you know, it's it's what it, whatever it is you're trying to do, it isn't working. I'm not so sure they can turn it around the way they're playing or with the personnel that they have or the way the personnel is being used. Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, in, in, that, uh, um, in that corner where, they, where I believe the Steelers have this awesome this awesome talent uh, you heard the horn I'm, I'm standing right by Pitt's practice huh. um but I, I you know I I you know I don't sit there and say oh the Steelers have an abundance of talent I don't buy into that I think a lot of teams have a lot of athletes it's who just uses them best um but you know I I think at some point the confidence from a player's perspective has to erode because they're seeing the same old thing whether it's dysfunction or just the inability, it, the plan is no good, you know, I, I'm not sure what it is. It can't just be execution every game when it's the same pattern all the time. And, and um, you know, so, you know, that becomes, you know, that's not just a trend. That's a, that's a serial pattern at that point. Right. And, now- and so I, I, I don't know that it can, it, it can turn around based on the way this offense is being uh, orchestrated. Well, we talked, and, and again, one of the things that Mike Tomlin highlighted on Tuesday was that Jalen Warren, for, for instance, is going to get more snaps, and he's right. earned more snaps. And there was a discussion with Najee after the game, and I'm, I'm sure that his dauber is a little bit down, too, because you know that, that Najee, Najee's a, a, he's a talent. He's got talent. There's no question. But it's not, be, for whatever reason, it's not manifesting itself in the results that you want to see for somebody that, of such a high-quality uh, ability, but Jalen Warren right now seems to be a guy that is getting a better grasp of the north and south, of being able to do something with the ball after a catch, what have you. But Jalen Warren getting more reps is something I think you got to go with, and I think the fact of the matter is it's understanding too that he's earned those reps. It's not about Najee not being able to accomplish this or that. It's about this guy that's come alongside and is providing some quality snaps that he's earned and he's able to move forward with. I I think that's one of the things. Another thing that I thought could possibly happen this week is we might see a little bit of Miles Boykin. You know, Miles Boykin ran some pretty good routes up in camp in the preseason watching him. He's a guy, he's a big-bodied wide receiver, and Jerry, I like his physicality. He might be somebody that might give a little boost to the passing game. Yeah, well, if I wouldn't be opposed to that, you know, I was told on Monday that uh, Jalen Warren was going to get more time, and which is why I asked Mike Tomlin the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you know, the one thing you notice is when there's a hole there, and you know, look, you felt I've been told this, and I'm sure you fellas look what you see it better than I do. You're more analytical because that was your background. 
but I've been told that the offensive line is the, is among the least of their issues. That's not a big problem as right. much as some other things. So there are holes there, and the holes that are there, Jalen Warren hits the hole. And, and Nate, Najee Harris, not saying he doesn't, but he's both missed some. And, and, you know, he's not using his greatest advantage, his size and speed and strength, to power into that hole hit it and go and get the four, five, and six yards instead of trying to hit a home run and look for something else that just isn't there. So, um, you know, what you're seeing with Jalen Warren averaging 4.9 yards a carry, look, I also know defenses aren't right now preparing for Jalen Warren. They're getting ready for Najee Harris. So they're going to key on him a little bit more. But nonetheless, Jalen Warren takes it, hits that hole, and he goes. And he's been okay as a receiver. And you know what? He's been pretty good in protection, too. Very so good, this isn't a, Yeah, this isn't a case where, uh, you know, Najee Harris is going to be benched. It's just that, um, you know, that's one way to do it. And I don't have a problem with the Miles Boykin uh, um, uh, idea either, Wolf, because you have some guys who don't run good routes. And, um, and one of them in particular is number 11. And so if Miles Boykin does that um, and can get open, then, uh, you know, hey, they got it. They have to do something. The only question is, do they have the guys? I mean, who are you sitting there saying, we got to get this guy in the game? Not too many guys on offense and defense with this team. And you saw what happened the other day when they had three guys already out and they lost four more and they had to put those guys into the game. You saw what continued to happen in Buffalo. So you have to look at it and say, okay, even if you put some backups in there, who's going to go in there and really help? And I think that's the other big issue. Mm -hmm. No, no no doubt about it. Um, You know, but when you look at it, Jerry, I think, you know, Miles, Jalen, guys, just options, you know, whether it's Calvin Austin the third as well. I mean, you know, his media availability yesterday, he's still working his way into it because, you know, you look at, you know, for me, it's looking at also special teams, right? Right. There has been a gaffe in consecutive weeks. Right. With the special teams, with fumbles. I mean, do you think Calvin Austin might get fast track? Do you, do, do you see any more opportunities for him? Or do you, you know, in practice from yesterday, do you see him kind of in there mixing it up, uh, whether it's receiving punts or kickoffs? Because I think, you know, do you go back to Gunner because, uh, you know, or do you stick with Steven Sims, even though he has the eye injury uh, that he sustains in, in pregame warmups? Uh, where do you think they are with special teams? And do you think Calvin Austin is a guy that's a viable option? Potentially? Well, he, you know, Max, I think he, he could be an option in special teams because you obviously don't have to absorb as much learning as you do at wide receiver. And let's face it, I don't see him being a contributor offensively at all. He missed every preseason game, half of training camp, and he hasn't played yet. And as a rookie, there you just don't play catch-up during the regular season. And so uh, that becomes a last gasp alternative. I think it's a great disappointment that he got hurt because they were really excited to see this guy, as was I, and I'm sure you guys too, because mm-hmm. of the speed he brings to the offense. Um, but having missed all that time, uh, it's just going to be very difficult for a rookie to be thrown into the lineup offensively. Now, again, special teams could be another story, but I just don't know. 
uh, that you can expect too much uh, from Calvin Austin at, at this point in time, S certainly offensively and possibly maybe on special teams. One of the things I think that you got to understand is that, uh, to me, this kid Pickens, Pickett to Pickens has got to get more targets. You know, I really believe this young man is starting to round into um, a very special guy. You know, I, I look at Deontay, and Deontay's an excellent receiver, but 13 targets going to Deontay, or would you rather have 13 targets going to Pickens? I'm, right well, now, I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the latter. Wolf, I'm with you there, but I, uh, you know, I will point up, which I, I know you know, but I will point up to everybody else, that when you sign a guy for $39 million, right, right. Um, I know he's the guy who wants the ball. Yep. And as, as you have seen, or at least maybe understood, he is a guy who makes it known in the huddle and in the locker room, he wants that ball for $39 million. And so if he doesn't get that ball, then you start getting another problem you have to deal with, and that's the yapping in the huddle and the yapping in the locker room, which we saw from Antonio Brown, which uh, brings up my favorite Heath Miller memory <laughs> that Antonio Brown told me in the huddle that the quiet, mild-mannered Heath Miller said to Antonio Brown in the huddle, Antonio, shut the bleep up. And so I don't know that anybody in that huddle is going to tell Deontay Johnson that if he isn't getting his targets. Now, am I saying he needs to be force-fed the ball? No, but he is a receiver who does get open, the one receiver who does get open because he comes out of his breaks so fast. But, Wolf, I'm with you. You have to get make some big plays with uh, George Pickens, and we're seeing it little by little. I'm not going to sit here and attest to his route running because uh, I don't study it closely enough. That was an issue with him in college, but he could get away with it in college. Right. And, and, yet, and yet I was told he worked hard at that at, in training camp. And he could be a very good route runner. I'm not saying he is or he isn't, but I don't think he's an accomplished route runner like Deontay Johnson. And so he is a guy who will get open. But Wolf, he's also a guy that we see him now uh, averaging two drops a game the last couple games. So that's a, you know, that, that becomes another problem. Who are we talking problem. about? When you say two drops a game, who are we talking about? Oh, Deontay. Okay, yeah. All right, because I was going to yes. say, I don't remember Pickens. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no I'm sorry. Okay. No, Deontay Johnson. I'm okay, about. yes. Go ahead, Max. Yeah, yeah no, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, uh, you know, truer words have never been spoken. And, of course, he, a man of, of, uh, of high, high, uh, high density when he does speak. <laughs> um, but uh you know i i think that 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 is that that's where the concern comes you know if you're talking about the yapping and everything else you know I, it comes down to production at the end of the day yes yes you want a lot of targets but you need to make a lot of catches you know right in right. those moments i i don't want to hear about a shoelace you know being out of bounds before that reception counts because you look at big moments you're paid for big moments that's what you're paid to do. You're paid to catch the ball in big moments, and those big moments have been few and far between. They're, they're, they're great plays when he does catch, but that's where it has to be. You have to be diversity. So I think at the end of the day, would you rather have your target volume because you demanded this money, or would you rather have victories on your side? I think that's what? the other conversation that needs to be had um, if you're going to worry about this because there have to be better options. You know, between him and Claypool – they were targeted 22 times and came in, came up with 10 catches between right, the right. two of them. Right. And 
that's where I think we're talking about you have to explore other options. You have to be more diverse. But I honestly think the run game has to be there. Because Wolf and I talked about this before you came on, Jerry, and it was red zone. When are we going to get to the red zone? And when are we going to maximize said red zone? Yeah, the, um, the, the, yeah, and the play calling in the red zone wasn't exactly, uh, you know, uh, enviable the other day, the four times they got in there, you know, run, run, pass. And, and But, I mean, you know, the play calls look bad when you can't run the ball. So, you know, when you get one yard on first down, one yard on second down, you know, eight more of those and you'd have a first down. But, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Uh, but, and so, you know, math. all of a sudden now the, the play calling looks bad when, when the play doesn't get anything. So, I, you know, is it the play calling? Is it the execution? Is it the ability? Um, you know, whatever it was, like I said, I thought they did a good job offensively moving up and down the field. No question. And then they, they, just, they just couldn't convert uh, when they had to. And the funny thing is, as much as the defense got shredded, the defense kept them in that game for a while. You know, the interception in the end zone, sure. blocked a field goal, uh, fumble at the goal line. Otherwise, that scores 55 to 3. But they kept it. They kept them in the game. And I'm thinking, and hey, this is what they did last year in Buffalo. Uh, but then, you know, that eight minute span in the second quarter, three touchdowns in 11 plays, uh, that, that'll kind of hurt. That'll kind of hurt you, won't it? That, that'll that, nail you. That, that'll kick you that, right in the groin. There ain't no doubt yeah. about it. Let That's me ask a big you. One. Let me ask yeah. you this, Jer. The, I know Calvin Austin trying to catch a moving train is really a difficult situation. There's no question. The problem is you've got that ability to tear the top off the coverage, speed-wise, such as Bruce Arians always used to talk about. I can't help but think that if he comes along and he's healthy, and at some point in time where you can match up some of the things that he's capable of doing, for instance, from the slot, being able to run a deep pattern. Um, get a free release, run a deep pattern, that sort of thing. When Kenny rolls out, there's some options there because of the fact you can pressure those safeties and push the ball down the field, or if nothing else, the wide receiver going down the field, such as Calvin Austin with that 4-3 speed. That's going to create some complication and some conflict for the safeties and corners in some of that zone coverage. And to me, it seems like, you know, when you're, uh, when you're trying to turn over every rock, this is another rock you try to turn over. Wolf, I'm going to go in the locker room right now, and I'm going to tell them that and, and let them know <laughs> Don't tell what them you that. think. And I'm going to go, hey, come here. I want to tell you something what you need to do. I will say, I will say this, Wolf, with his speed, and, you know, if you, if you, you, know, you want to put him out at X and go, just run down the field, yep. okay, that's pretty simple. What I've been told, and as you guys know, with the slot receiver, that slot receiver has to know where the other people are in the field sure. more than the X. The X is just going down the field, and I don't think Calvin Austin is ready oh. to play that role, like I said, because he just he's missed so much time. Now, look, I could be crazy, and they might say, what the heck put him in? I just don't expect that to happen. The only point I would say is a special couple packages, a package, you know, right. maybe oh. two or three different rounds. To me, that might be worth exploring just to try to Get a, a spark somewhere, but just a thought. You know, you Wolf, make sure, with you. yeah, make sure you tell them it was Max that thought of it. <laughs> Wolf, I'm with you. I'm with you. 120 percent. Anything to improve that 15.4 points per game. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. No, absolutely. Well, Jerry, I, I want to thank you for for coming in, and of course, the cool breeze graces us with a little bit of refreshment here on <laughs> on the lo in the locker room, I should say. You know, it's like it's like one of those dorm fans, you know? 
you know, <laughs> you have air conditioning, but you put the dorm fan, you want a little more, want a little more windage. That's what Jerry provides for us. And of course, Jerry is brought to us by Archie's on East Carson Street on the south side. $9 Bud Light pictures every NFL Sunday. You can quench your thirst. If you're not in the stadium, go on over to Archie's and grab you. Use a $9, $9 pictures. Everybody loves a good picture. I'm cha-chaing right now, man. I got yeah, it yeah, going see, on. <laughs> Craig is actually going to cha-cha down to East Carson Street to RT. <laughs> All right, boys. I'll see you later. Pictures. Take care. <laughs> All right. And when we come back, we're going to do a little more reaction and a little bit more stone turning here in the locker room of Wolf Starks and the Ninjas here on SNR and ESPN Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just on him. I feel like it's on all of us. I mean, we all play. We all play a role in what happens on Sunday. So, no, I mean, it's on him. It's not on any individual player. It's on all of us, everyone. So, no, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't. I don't think he's. I don't think he should feel like that. Of course, that was James Daniels, just talking away there. And uh, you know, one of the guys that I think one of the key components of this offensive line. I think when he stepped forward, taking care of business when Kenny got a little bit, uh, took a little shot over there on the uh, from Demar Hamlin. Um, I think it ste- it said loads about who was stepping forward as a leader on that offensive line. And I, I think James Daniels has a pretty good grasp of it. By the way, I really believe that we're starting to see the guy that I saw in a Chicago Bears uniform showing up uh, in, a, in a Steelers uniform. For a while, it, to me, it just didn't look like the same guy. And, of course, you're getting uh, acquainted with your new teammates, with a new offense, with a new offensive line coach, all that sort of thing. And now we're seeing some of the things that James does so very well. He's a big, strong people mover down on the inside there and the young man is starting to uh, at least in my mind really step forward into the leadership role with the offensive line you there max okay so knowing that uh, we are <laughs> uh, i think max is not is he dropped there wes okay i'm back oh there you are all right i, I thought I, I thought i'd lost you my man hello but, we're talking about James Daniels. Are you there now? Yeah, I am here. It's weird. It just everything's I'm upset here, but I'm here now. <laughs> okay, you're popping in my ears for some reason now. I don't know why. Huh. Anyhow, hmm. go ahead, continue. No, no, no. Uh, it was it was the, uh, the the James Daniels was was uh was back talking talk just talking about kind of the offense, correct? Yeah, I was just he was just talking about James Daniels and what I'm talking about, you know, when he stepped forward and took care of business when DeMar Hamlin hit Kenny on a slide. All right. To me, he stepped forward and took a leadership role right then and there. And I think he's just going to expand on it. We're seeing the guy and I'd made the comment to you back in camp. I said, this doesn't look like the guy that I saw in a Bears uniform when I was watching film in the offseason. Because mm-hmm. I thought James Daniels was a, a excellent pickup, but for some reason, 
training camp and just getting rolling there. It didn't look like the same guy. Well, now we're seeing that guy in the Bears uniform knocking people down and doing taking care of business. So, you know, in my mind, that's a step forward in the leadership role that he's now achieved. No, you're absolutely right, Wolf. I mean, this is how we both had just questions upon questions uh, after training camp practices. And, you know, it was a wonder of when that would kick in. And, you know, I remember, you know, my time when, when I left the Steelers, I went to San Diego, went right. to St. Louis and Arizona. And I just remember the transition, right, from, you know, getting an unfamiliar territory and trying to make the unfamiliar familiar and True. trying to be, you know, a guy who could who could actually become that leader that they expect you to, right? Because you come in with experience. You're older than most of the other guys. Right. Um, it's new personalities. There's not really a lot of touchstones for you in the locker room when you come in. It, you know, the one thing James could at least say is, hey, I, I know Mitch, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and I think that was what James kind of had to get over. You have to find your groove, right? It's like, it's like walking around the house, you know, in the dark, um, and there's an addition added. <laughs> right. You're like, like, whoa, 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 the light switch is supposed to be here. It's not here. And so you kind of get timid when you're walking, right? If something doesn't feel normal. And I think that's kind of what James Daniels went through. He went through that feeling out period to figure out how do I fit into this, this offensive line? Then after you figure out how you fit in the offensive line, you start to gain relationships. Now, how do I fit into this offense? You know, what is my role within the construct of this offense? Who are the known leaders? Who are the guys? What are their styles? And try and implement myself in after that. And then, of course, the entire overall team construct. You know, who are the overall leaders? Offense, defense, special teams. Who are the guys that they're looking to? Who ha- who talks? Who preaches? And who, who goes out and lives it? Right. And you have to figure out all those different levels of leadership and then figure out, okay, where's my place? You know, where do I figure into this? And I thought, hey, adversity strikes on the field. I don't really like that. Ricky Bobby Daddy time. I got to go in, you know, feeling too, too I right when, to me. I, I love when you quote here. Will Ferrell, when you start coming yeah. across some Ricky Bobby. Oh. Exactly, man. You know, got to get a little Reese, Reese Bobby action. Go get kicked out of a Ryan Steakhouse, baby. Um <laughs> And so he went right there in the belly of the beast, right there on the Buffalo Bills sidelines and went to exacting a little bit, a little bit of field justice over there um, because he didn't like that. And I thought that was just a natural instinctive move as a lineman, as, as a veteran, as a protector, you need to go and do that. And I love how, how just snap it was as far as a judgment like, no, no, we're, we're not taking this. Now, it's one thing one thing to get, get us beat on the scoreboard, but you're not going to physically beat us up and bully us on the field. There's a different, you know, there's a difference. You're already whipping us there. I'm not going to have this now that you think you have a cachet that we deserve to be beat up on, you know, outside of the rules um, and taking cheap shots. I'm not going to stand for that. And I thought that, that was something you're right. I think he now takes a very definitive and distinctive leadership role on this team because that was the moment, right? You're looking for your moment to become a leader, looking for your moment to insert yourself, to be known and to be a guy to be followed and trusted. That was it. And he hit that with 100%. I, I, I am all for it. I'm glad he didn't get kicked off the field. 
because I felt like that was a de- he was defending. It wasn't like he was going out and, and instigating something. It was more reactionary. Um, he wasn't the agitator in that moment. And that was a great that was a great moment. As a lot of like, yep, that's the guy I know. That's the guy I've seen that's in a Bears uniform now in a Steelers uniform. Exactly so. You know what? I think we ought to go to break, but I yeah. want to. I want. I want you to think about this, Max. When we come back, I've not. I've never played in a zone blocking scheme. Everything was always man. It was trapping. It was gap blocking. But I've never played in a zone blocking scheme. And when we come back, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit and start to question a little bit the differences between the inside zone, outside zone. Not. not I know structurally what it looks like, but I want to hear from you the kind of insider stuff, the radius of your blocking path, that sort of thing, how you know. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Because so, it's a yeah, different absolutely. animal than than back in my day. All right? So why don't yes. we do that when we come back? You know what? We will do that, Wolf. And you know what? When we're talking about zones, I just want to direct our fans to a zone. <laughs> it's called, you know, it, it's the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app. I want to, I want to direct them to the podcast zone where you can catch all of our SNR lineup, not just in the locker room here with Wolf and I, but also for the standard, the Blitz, you know, the godfather of Pittsburgh. In fact, new episode dropped today. So go catch Dan Savern out there on our podcast lineup for SNR. But yeah, you can go to your, you can go to Spotify, you can go to iHeartRadio, you can go to Steelers mobile app, and you can catch our full lineup available for you whenever you want it on demand. And when we come back, we will be talking about zones. And I will be walking uh, Wolf through that process when we come back here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on SNR and ESPN Radio. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.